If you're looking for best practices for your bank or credit union, join us while we talk all things sales, marketing, and strategy for financial institutions. Let's make it happen with FIGRO Solutions. Hi there, I'm Meredith Olmsted, founder and CEO of Figro Solutions. We are an inbound marketing and sales consulting agency, and we work exclusively with banks and credit unions. And I'm here on our Hit Record podcast today with a special guest outside of our organization. His name is Ben Bauer. Um, ben is the executive director of a creative CUSO called Ex- Exclamation Services. And Ben and I met recently, and we've been having a really interesting conversation about leading creative teams and really how that relates to financial institutions. Um, So I thought, hey, you know what? I'm going to invite Ben to join us on the podcast. And we're going to talk about a few things because I think there's a lot of great takeaways here. So so say hi, Ben, and maybe introduce yourself and say a little bit about what you do. Sure. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Uh, Thanks, Meredith, for the opportunity to chat a little bit about things like leadership and particularly leading creative teams, something I'm really passionate about. But yeah, um, appreciate the intro and yeah, Exclamation's a creative agency that's providing uh, all that kind of creative goodness uh, back to uh, mostly credit unions, but we also do work for uh, small businesses, nonprofits and things like that. So I'm a graphic designer by trade. So uh, all the work that we do is near and dear to my heart and um, keeping my eye on the creative side of the business is something that's really important to me. And I think it's a you know, perfect lead into what we're going to be talking about today, which is maybe some of the challenges of letting go of uh, some of that creative work yourself to lead and empower others to do the work for an organization like ours, all in the name of helping credit unions um, you know, really do what they do and uh, provide life-changing services to members all over. Awesome. Yes. So um, we we were kind of chatting a lot about leadership and then also about how that dovetails into um, creative um, services but and, and just kind of driving really nice results um, for credit unions and banks. Um, but one of the things that we started off was just what slow adopters financial institutions are. I mean, literally, we had to have a um, global pandemic in order for credit unions and community banks to get their head around around the facts that there the fact that work doesn't have to look the same as it did 30 years ago. And so what I always kind of say to people, it's like, I mean, seriously, it's so funny. When I started with some of our clients, everybody came into the office five days a week. Yeah, Thank yeah. goodness that's not the case anymore, right? So like, what's your, what, how, what are you seeing change with financial institutions around what work looks like? Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, more adaptable than ever. And that said, I, to your point of being slow adopters, I think there's also still some maybe old habits that are lingering or, you know, a feeling of a need to keep some things around that used to exist um, or and you know still exist today. I mean, uh, I think our team is a good example of that, where we still have a couple of uh, in-office dedicated days, which um, luckily the majority of our team is within a, you know, 30 minute drive of our office. We have one person that commutes a little further, but uh, mostly everybody can come to the office really easily. So I think we have that advantage where we weren't, you know, after things with COVID kind of settled down, we weren't asking people like, yeah, can you please continue your two hour commute? You know, we didn't really have any, anybody in that scenario. So it's, it's relatively easy for us to bring people back into the office, but at the same time, even, even as we're doing it right now, it hits me every now and then. And I wonder like, why, why, why are we um, making this time to come in? And I do think that we do a, a really nice job of 
Um, Mondays and Tuesdays are in office days um, of just adding like a ton of purpose to those days. Those are when we have a lot of our face-to-face meetings. We have bi-weekly fun time where like our team just goes and does something totally off the beaten path fun. Last week we went and uh, did kind of a behind the scenes tour of our uh, local zoo. We got to like feed some bears and stuff. It was really cool, you know, so <laughs> like doing our, doing our best to like, you know, really make sure that we're bringing a ton of purpose. Well, and it's, it helps so that you're not just you, your employees or your team don't feel like they're just checking a box with that commute. And I think that is maybe um, what, you know, financial institutions need to be thinking about is, Hey, is there a real benefit to having people driving 30, 45, an hour to this location every single day of the week? It, would I be better served to be hiring somebody who worked remotely and could, you know, could call into some of these kinds of meetings? Um, but because I think that that's, it is about building culture and about valuing people's time. And um, honestly, too, like, it's so funny. I feel like I'm so, um, so much more um, like, I don't get distracted. You know, I, it's, I'm much more productive in the home environment, but that's not always the case for everyone, you know? Right. So you really have to kind of, uh, you know, benefit or like make sure you're weighing the benefits and also hiring the right people for those, for those roles. The other thing that you said, Ben, that I really liked when we were chatting about this is um, how it's been a big transition for you to kind of move away from the creative role to a leadership role. And I was like, yeah, you know, I'm not, I've never been a graphic designer, but I, d- I felt the same because now as a leader, I do less and I lead more. So I actually don't even know how to do a lot of the mm-hmm. things that we do for our clients that I used to know better. So talk to me a little bit about why it's important to not like step completely away from the doing and right. to just leading. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it's a constant challenge because you're trying to find the sweet spot of knowing enough, doing enough so that you stay sharp. You're still growing as a you know creative and as a person. Right. Um, but then also like knowing when you're maybe overstepping and like, hey, there's somebody on my team that totally owns this thing. I need to trust them yeah. to do this thing. You know what I mean? So or can um, do it better. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Or can do it better. Exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, constant challenge for sure. But um, I do think that there is a sweet spot between like staying totally hands off and being focused on leadership only and not learning, not growing, not getting your hands dirty and doing some of the doing every now and then. Uh, And then also, you know, the other end of that spectrum, which is, you know, diving right in and doing everything. And uh, you can't know it all. You can't learn it all, especially as your team grows and maybe your capabilities and the uh, diversity of the things that you offer grows. Like you're just that's why yeah. you have people that are specialists, right? Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, so it's a constant challenge. But I think you got to make sure you don't micromanage, stay out of the way of some of those experts that you've cultivated to, you know, on your team for sure, yeah. and let them drive productivity. Yeah, and creative services might be a little different than something like, let's say, an accountant stepping away and leading a team. Um, you know, they definitely I imagine feel the same temptation to like dig in and balance things or whatever accountants do right (laughs) um you know a a creative like you know i get i get joy i get like fulfillment and like that creative boost of the chemicals in my brain when i dig in and get to do that kind of stuff and i I need that so maybe Mm -hmm. i get some of that you know on some level at work um, but there's things that i do outside of work work volunteering and stuff that are cool opportunities for me too to like stay sharp and stuff so um, finding that balance is tricky and I wish I had like a silver bullet to tell people, but I don't, but there's a balance. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, so we also talked a little bit about building a culture or cultivating a culture, um, a, co- a coaching culture. I can barely say that. And, um, but it's amazing. Like, so I don't do as good a job of this, I think, as you have created and have um, cultivated at your team. So I want you to talk a little bit about this. So, you know, everybody's really good at like, or maybe not everybody, but can be really good at like setting goals for the year, maybe having an annual review, having a meeting about that, those goals and that annual review, but then set it and forget it and then never come back to it until, you know, 10 months, 12 months later, where you're like, oh, did we do that? I don't even know. So what are you doing differently with your team to cultivate a, what you call a coaching culture? Yeah. Well, first off, I'm really fortunate that when I first started, um, I had a leader who was really growing this culture and, um, you know, dedicating a lot of time and resources. I mean, bringing in uh, consultants to help coach us to coach, you know what I mean? So really uh, a hands-on approach to building this culture. Um, And, you know, for me personally, like I'm someone that like I struggle to create, um, you know, a precise timeline with direct action steps and um, that kind of like 12 month plan to achieve goals and stuff. I, I need some version of it to keep me on track and to be able to like check in and know whether or not I'm succeeding. But there's people on my team that definitely need that. They need a clear plan with a deadline and those smart goals and all that stuff, right? Um, so I think the first thing is just understanding that nobody on your team is going to do it exactly or want it exactly like you do or do it exactly like you do. So as a leader, you have a challenge to just be super dynamic and flex to what your team needs from you. Um, but then it does need to be part of your regular practice. So like the, the thing you just mentioned where to come at the end of the year and be like, oh crap, did we do that or not? Um, something that's really helped us. Um, and this again, was just really encouraged by, um, uh, my leader when I first came in was we were asked like uh, to do regular coaching with our people at least every six to eight months. So I split it right down the middle and said seven uh, or I'm sorry, seven weeks, six to eight weeks. Um, so we do it uh, every seven weeks. We schedule an hour. Sometimes we use the hour. Sometimes we don't. Um, but it's just everybody knows that they have this opportunity to develop themselves, to check in on goals, um, to hear from me, uh, allows me to hear from them. Um, And, you know, when things pop up in between those seven weeks, I think we do a pretty good job, just like the pop-up meeting or, hey, can we just chat about that thing quick? Um, But everybody knows that they have this coming up. So sometimes there's just something they want to talk about or they want to check in on a goal that the temptation is like, hey, let's drop everything and talk about this now. But to know like, hey, in three weeks, I'm going to have a coaching session with Ben anyway. Let's just talk about it then. It helps keep us moving, keep our, our focus on what needs to happen right now. And then those bigger conversations can happen because we have the time set for it. And then the beautiful thing is at the end of the year, when we're talking about like annual review or compensation changes and stuff like that, the conversation is already kind of done because we've been yeah. talking all year, right? So it's just like, okay, yeah, we hit our goals. We didn't, here's what we need to change for next year. Here's a way you can improve. Let's talk about that and let's go. You know, Love it. Love it. So the last thing we we mentioned too when we were talking about that before we hit record was that this professional development and like that some people are really lean into it. They're super keen. They come up with lots of ideas for themselves. They want to go to a conference. They want to attend something online. They've got a training, a digital training or a graphic training they want to do, you know, that you guys can send people to. And then others need a little bit more encouragement. What do you do like through that seven week meeting slash annual, you know, and all of those kinds of coaching culture are, um, 
did I say it right? Coaching culture. Um, um, what do you do to try to help like really, really encourage people towards continued professional development? Yeah. Uh, I think first thing is just making sure that people are aware of the opportunities that they have, whether it's in industry or out of industry stuff. Um, you know, we do a pretty good job, I think of, you know, come budget time and all of that, asking people like, Hey, look ahead at the year. Is there anything you want to do? Are there any conferences that have been on your list? We have one designer on our team who like her bucket list item is to go to Adobe Max. Um, so like, we're going to talk about that, you know, um, we'll maybe get that in the budget. I don't want to make any promises in case. You <laughs> but, um, but, you know, I mean, we really try to create opportunity for everyone. That's the first thing. And then, you know, also some people just aren't, they don't see themselves as good at that stuff. Like, you know, they're maybe a little more introverted. The idea of going to a conference or traveling gives them a little anxiety. Um, or they just don't know what's out there. They don't know where to look. Mm -hmm. um, they're only getting stuff on like in industry conferences, which are great. You know, there's lots of great knowledge there, but I think there's a ton of value in getting information or inspiration from outside. outside. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, we just have, we also just have like a bucket, like a training bucket, we call it where, um, you know, we've got a set budget for that. And as opportunities come up, which could be a big conference with travel, or it could just be like, Hey, here's this cool, like hundred dollar webinar, webinar that I want to do. Um, we know that we have some resources set aside where like, as those opportunities come up, we can say, heck yeah, do that. You know? And, you know, then the challenge definitely becomes like, what do we do with all that stuff? Right? Like, how are you actually bringing this into your own like self-development plan or you know like all the stuff that you learned like how is it helping the team or helping the business and um yeah. we we do ask people to have like a professional development goal and that just maybe creates an opportunity to at least talk about that stuff um what's something that you want to do or change and then how did this thing that we spent money on um help you or maybe inspire you to do more because sometimes those results aren't immediate. You don't go to a conference, come back, some super transformed person, and all of a sudden you can do all this stuff. You know, it's a journey for sure. But if you don't yeah. talk about it or, you know, recap some of those things. A hundred percent. It gets left in the dust. So. Yeah, we tend to, when our people go to a training or even attend a webinar or any, you know, really anything, the smallest up to the biggest, we definitely try to unpack that as a team for sure and have them share a couple of key takeaways, you know, ideas. And then a lot of times we turn them into podcasts or, you know, a couple of podcasts where we can like bring your top five things that we can talk about and share with our, with our, um, you know, our followers and the people who come in um, and listen to kind of what we have to say and how we do things. So awesome stuff, Ben. Well, thank you so much for having this conversation. I know you and of I talked course. about a few other possible topics. So maybe we'll have you on the podcast again. Um, yeah. So we'll definitely be sharing this with our, um, with our list, our, our followers and everybody on our contact list. And hopefully Ben's going to share this with his as well. Um, right. And um, in the meantime, if you all have any other, um, if you want to learn more about marketing and design and leadership for financial institutions, please visit figro.com. Um, and otherwise we're all just going to, let's just all get out there and make it happen. 